0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun.
2: Hi-ho! And away we go. Uh, 301 is the time. Scrapey probably going to
3: record that. Hi-ho! <laughs> I'm just going to. Hopefully, never hear that again. Hi-ho. You don't like hi-ho? <laughs> hi-ho, here we go. Hi-ho, here we go.
2: <laughs> it's 301. Uh, welcome back to Gwyn and Chris. Chrisello. corn Tony Gwen Jr. <laughs> and that other guy. <laughs> Corn-holing. Giving me a hard time. Uh, back in our Odyssey Palace studios, a three-hour program today. Still plenty to come. And uh, we'll be talking with Alex uh, Pavlovich from NBC Sports Bay Area. Check in on the Giants, who signed Ross Stripling and Sean Manai within the last 24 hours. Apparently, the Giants are still in on Carlos Rodin, Rodin rather, although reports uh, are percolating out there a little bit that the Yankees are going to make him a formal offer sometime very, very soon. Uh, we'll get to Chris versus the fans a little bit later in the show. Uh, also... We have a pop quiz for you guys a little bit later.
4: Oh, I can't wait. We always wait. know
2: that uh, that yeah. is a uh, trouble spot for Scraby. And I'm always happy to bring it up when he's giving me a hard time.
4: Scraby, you're looking for win number four to end the year, huh? Because this is the, be the last, last is
2: pop it? quiz of the year. Oh, man. Scraby has gone the entire calendar year. We do about one a week, maybe one every two weeks. Scraby's won three times I in don't know all about. of 2022. I, I think on average we do <laughs> one a month. It is one incredible how much he loses the pop quizzes. But uh, maybe is, today.
3: Way, I think we'll you be guys are in on it together because <laughs> yeah. Tony can't remember his water bottle, but he can remember everything well, I, else. As
4: sports, man. It's What's ingrained. more important? What's more important, sports or your water oh, bottle? Do you know, I could, I could get water somewhere. Sports <laughs> is it's ingrained in me, buddy.
2: Absolutely. Uh, check out the all-new podcast out there from our guy, Sammy Lev. It's called Inside San Diego Baseball. Sammy will discuss all things Padres and Major League Baseball. And, of course, you know Sam Levitt's got the insight. So check out his podcast. Weekly episodes, you can find it at 973 com. You can also find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to get to the Daily Gambit in just a second. Before we talk about the Aztecs, I, I just wanted to throw this out there as a way of a feel-good story over the weekend. Uh, do you know who Hansel Emanuel is by any chance? Anybody out yes. there? You do I know do. who that is. I do. Uh, Scraby, you should know who that is. Hansel Emanuel is a young man... Who lost his, his arm? His left arm. Did you do that on purpose? I, I didn't mean. That. I, meant, I was trying to. His hit bad my mic. fingers. And I'm trying <laughs> to say something nice here. You're you're immediately uh, you're just uh, bleeping my mic. Uh, Hansel Emanuel is 19 years old. He lost lost his entire left arm just below his shoulder in a childhood accident. Mm. He now has grown up to be a Division One. College basketball player for Northwestern State, and over the weekend in a game against Louisiana Monroe, Hansel Emanuel scored his first points as a college player. Uh, he was two for three from the field. He was one of five from the free throw line. Had five points, two rebounds, and eight minutes of action. And there is a video of this got guy a flush too that he, it shows him. Cutting to the rim and absolutely throwing down a thunderous yeah. slam dunk in that game on Saturday night. He's six foot six. What a what a remarkable achievement that is, and what a great, what a, just a great, you know, way to you know just get everybody out there and and, and
4: inspire young people everywhere. Uh, the mere fact that he's playing Division One hoops in, in itself, just playing in itself, is inspiring. To to me, that's right. Just being let alone, on the floor. yeah, let alone slashing to the rim and banging on whoever it is that went up to try to contest a shot. Like, well, his dunk was incredible. It, that's it's it's it's, it's my, you saw him doing this in high school, but I mean, everybody had to wonder, like, going to the next level, what it would look he's not like. Going to
2: make it to Division One, and Gosh, he did.
4: Yeah, he's made it to Division One, and he's scoring
2: points the other night. So. Uh, that's just a great story and thought he'd pass it along. Scrapey, maybe you can find that video uh, of him dunking. That's Uh, pretty sweet. Pretty easy to find and uh, maybe tweet that out for those who'd like to see it. I I, I think it's really it's a very inspiring uh, an inspiring thing. So uh, anyway, congratulations to him. Uh, Congrats to the Aztecs who uh, got back on track last night with an 88-54 demolition of Kennesaw State. Uh, You don't get to the final four by beating Kennesaw State. But when you've been struggling, uh, a nice feel-good victory like that is exactly what the boys needed. Uh, Darian Tramiel scored 14 points. Jaden Ladee, who had not been uh, really involved the last several games, got had a going. big night. Yeah, 14 points, 7 rebounds. Micah Parr scored 19 off the bench. The Aztecs figured to win this game, but uh, they won it even more easily than I think we thought they would, Tony.
4: Yeah no, so. I, listen. I, I thought that um, this was a kind of back to what it looked like beginning of the season, and I know um, the opponent wasn't necessarily uh, the best in Kennesaw State, but um, to see the fifty-five points they held them to to get back to the eighty-eight points, right? Um, in terms of scoring again, you saw a, a much more, um, I balanced. guess, yeah, balanced attack. On the offensive end, uh, some of the guys who were struggling, particularly Tr- Parrish and Ledee, they got going in the major. I mean, uh, Ledee went to the free throw line 11 times, or he, yeah. went, he shot 11 free throws right. um, from the stripe, um, two or three from the field. Uh, Parrish, he should
2: be able to get to the foul line. Right, With that he, big body, he should not, be down there drawing a lot of
4: fouls. There's not a lot that you, you can do. Uh, I know a Rope is is battling a, a hamstring, so he didn't have a whole lot of minutes in that game. But Parrish got going, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. Um, and so, look, this is a good win. They get back home after a tough road loss, or I should say neutral site loss. Yeah, um, And they get back at home, and, and they took care of business in a, in a major way. Yeah. You, you also saw the, the things that, that I, I stood out the most uh, watching uh, watching the game or seeing the numbers to the game, 42% in the first half, 65% from the field in the second half. And on the flip side for Kennesaw State, they went 38% in the first in the second. That's a change. We've seen the teams get better in the second half recently against the Aztecs. That wasn't the case last night.
2: Yeah, Aztecs uh, have one more non-conference game left against UC San Diego a week from today. Then they begin uh, Mountain West Conference play December 28th against Air Force. But here's one you can circle on your calendar. New Year's Eve day. It's a 1 o'clock start on December 31st. Aztecs will play at UNLV. UNLV is currently ten mm, and zero, uh, and so that's going to be a you know a good early season. They getting any love yet? Are they getting any test. looks? They're they're actually getting more votes in the poll than the
4: Aztecs are. Okay, so they're getting a little. So this love. is good for the for the conference to have right. another team. Yes. up There, here.
2: there's three teams that are undefeated. Uh, I haven't looked at everybody's resume, but New Mexico's ten and zero, UNLV is ten and zero, and Utah State is eight and zero. The Aztecs are right there behind Boise State, eight and two. And then the Aztecs at eight and three. And, you know, I think to a certain extent, we've been a little critical of this team, or I think I've been a little critical of this team. Uh, You know, the expectations were through the roof. And so we know what expectations can do. Uh, They tend to lead to disappointment. Uh, It's not like the Aztecs have a bad loss anywhere on the resume. Nope. Um, You know, the three losses to, you know, two ranked teams and St. Mary's, which is probably good enough to be a ranked team. Um, you know, I thought the impressive wins over Ohio State, BYU, Stanford, and, you know, overall, not the worst, you know, non-conference season you could have had. Could it have been a little better? Maybe. But what really matters is, you know, getting it into gear here once you start conference play, and uh, I still think it remains to be seen how good they can be.
4: And that, and listen, if if those numbers hold, and I'm talking about UNLV, New Mexico, Utah State— that only to me lessens the pressure because now you got it, you got a, some teams in the conference that are actually getting some some recognition here and that are good ball clubs now. Getting those wins against those teams could be even more of a boost. Should those type of numbers continue, as Chris said, we haven't checked the resume of of really any of those teams. So yeah, UNLV
2: you, has a win over 21st ranked Dayton. Uh, New Mexico has a win over St. Mary's. So okay. That tells you they're yeah. right there That yeah. they're at least pretty good So, you know, those are two 10-0 teams in the conference Utah State is 8-0 and 0. Uh, Looks like their best win Well, they beat USD in a tight game here in San Diego Earlier this season Also beat USF um, so My USF? Your USF You're your, one of your many Teens. No, I, right. I only claim That's one. Right. USF. My USF. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I only
3: claim one USF, and it's the one that you one. claim. Colorado State, you claim no, USF, you claim San Diego State. I like San Diego. State there's a few more in basketball.
4: You throw in there.
3: I was a Palomar Comet for a little bit.
4: You were a Comet too. I was a
3: Comet for two years.
4: You're like a college nomad. Did yeah, I, I really wish,
3: uh, if there's any kids out there listening, thinking about doing the Matt Scraby and going to nine different colleges, <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do that? Don't. Because you don't like having was, all these alma maters? No, it would have been much more fun if I would have just picked a big college with a football team and a basketball team and just went there. What
4: was your favorite stay? Uh, Colorado State was pretty fun. Colorado State uh, was fun. See, I told you you were Prospect Colorado Street. State.
3: Well, the only reason I
4: read that back in your your Rams were. were, were, Oh, yes. Colorado State is
2: an excellent college. uh, Oh, yes college situation. They do, because everything is, is everything's flat
3: and all the people that live off campus live in like a certain block or Does radius. it matter that it's flat? Does that help you stumble <laughs> like home? What? Is, yes. that, which, is that why you're bringing that No, home? that's flat. exactly why, because you can, you can walk home. I and, mean, why would you know, I'd rather say have that. it flat then? Why would anybody
5: describe a town as flat? Because it's Unless easier it was walk. Important to walk. It's easier ability. to walk because you can't be drunk and driving. Uh,
3: I will tell you this though. I fell on my my first piece of black ice at Colorado state and about 50
4: people watched me do the whoop,
3: whoop, 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 whoop with my feet. Oh, my just man, trying to stay upright right.
4: Flat. I've never heard that as a description, man. It's, it is cool. Cause it's, it's flat. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are hung up on that. <laughs> hey, it's an easy walk when you're drinking.
3: Just don't do it at night because uh, black ice is going to get you.
4: Oh, it is quite cold. It is quite cold. All right. Uh, let's step away. Let's get some, let's, let's get a break. Uh, we supposed to do the Daily Gambit. We'll, we'll do, it on the- <laughs> yeah, we can do it on the flip <laughs> we'll side. Do it. We'll do the Daily Gambit on the flip side. More Gwyn and Chris on the way.
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: 319 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Matt Gravy, having some fun in the the break. Uh, NBA in action today. Specifically, uh, my Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Ooh. Where is that? Home? It's at home. Home game? It's at home, Celtics
2: coming off a uh, beatdown last night at the hands of the Clippers. They've
4: lost two in a row. And last night, uh, we saw a little bit of of, uh, the Kawhi Leonard of old a little bit last night. He had himself a night as the Clippers disposed of the Boston Celtics. That's the thing with the Clippers.
2: I mean, you talk about... uh... You know, buying a gift that's completely wrapped and you have no idea what you're going to get. <laughs> that's yeah. the Clippers. I mean, they're number seven in the Western Conference right now. But when they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing, they're far from the seventh best team in the conference. But when neither of them are playing, they're not even the a playoff team. no, no and, and, and I- the Clippers. The Clippers don't announce their lineup until, you know, half an hour before every game, so you never know who's going to be playing. Much
4: like the Lakers, their roster is built around their superstars. And much like the Lakers, when uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James aren't playing, the Clippers are kind of in the same boat. When Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't playing, they're not a very good team.
2: The other thing that happened last night was Dame Lillard put in 11 three-point shots, which just absolutely boggles my mind. I was looking back here. Michael Jordan's first MVP season, 1986-87, he made 12 three-pointers the whole year. Wow. Wow. Damian Lillard made 11 last night, and it barely even raises an eyebrow anymore no, it when really these guys doesn't. do that in the NBA. It really does But, I mean, how about a little love for this? These guys don't miss
4: shots. Yeah, and uh, they, look like they, they look like they they look like have put together a, a nice unit now for for Dame. He's missed some time, and they've still won ball games. So uh, watch out for the Portland Trailblazers. All right, got to get to Scrabies, Daily Gambit.
1: Do you like money?
0: I think about money a oh, lot. Wow.
1: Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit
3: is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Everybody, please gamble responsibly. I have a an example of what not to do when gambling. It worked out for the person, but the reasoning behind it is what we want to avoid as a Daily Gambit crew. What not to do. What not to do. Uh, first, though, Kennesaw State, San Diego State, you guys just talked about it. 88-54 is the final. San Diego State favored 19 and the hook, as I heard Scott Van Pelt saying many times last night. He said hook last night? He did. He did. But he said it way better than I did. Yeah, um, it sounds cool when he said Yeah, it. not when I do. <laughs> uh, 34 points, so they easily covered that one right there. Yeah, I think I would have lost that because I, I kind of talked myself out of the... Uh... 20 points is a lot for a team that is... Um, Hadn't been blowing people out of the water. Right. Uh, Our same game parlay last night in the Monday Night Football game ended very early. The first leg was Ramondre Stevenson, anytime touchdown score, and he did not score a touchdown because he left the game very early with an ankle injury. Yeah, my bet was done uh, early. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Parker, concussion, and, I mean, the first leg that didn't happen means the bet is void. It's over. Noel and void. Yeah, but everybody that
2: was involved in that parlay didn't finish the game, no. right? No. Oh, everybody it was, right. everybody was out. Devontae Parker and Kyler Murray, none of them finished the game. And I don't
3: think they had a score in the first quarter, so that part of the leg checked out because it was under Yeah, but by eight that and time and you half. were done because oh, yeah. Kyler Murray had
2: left the game for
3: good. No, it was, yeah. No, Kyler Murray was not a part of this. There was another bet that we made. Oh, okay. Uh, it pardon. was just Ramondre Stevenson and, and Devontae Parker, but both of them got hurt in the first half. Uh, Patriots-Cardinals... Last night, Patriots were two and a half point favorites. They ended up winning by fourteen points. I
2: hit that one. You did. You yeah. did. Cardinals continue to be just
3: one of the worst home teams in NFL history. Cliff Kingsbury. I, if there's a if there's a week that I'm going to watch the HBO Hard Knocks in season, it's going to be this week because I want to see how he handles everything after Kyler Murray gets injured. And I mean, they've got a tough. Tough road ahead for that team.
2: You know, that injury might save Cliff Kingsbury's job. It
4: really might. I, That's a good
2: hate, point. You know, I mean, because at the end of the season... Well, like, I didn't you know, know my starting quarterback. Right, my my starting quarterback didn't play, and he missed a lot of the season already yeah, prior he did. to this. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a coach can benefit from a guy getting hurt. I'll
4: tell you what else is going to happen. I, I imagine the Cardinals probably won't win another game this season. Try to get that no, draft style time, time to go ahead and tank.
3: Yeah, yeah, Chris, actually, that's a, that's a really good call. I, I
4: mean, at this point, here's the thing about the Cardinals. It, it's not like they have a terrible roster. So you can parlay this injury into a, a little bit higher of a pick that can make, be a difference maker. Probably on defense, it seems to be what they need most, but they also had an offensive line that's been decimated. So I don't know what that look with the offensive line prospects look like or anybody on defense, but... I would imagine that's probably somewhere in the thought process of uh, the brass in, in, in Arizona.
3: And I was reading this morning that if Kyler Murray, well, they didn't know at the time that it was a torn ACL, he probably won't be back until middle of next season, maybe even not till the latter half of next season. No. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury signed through 2027, so the Cardinals have a built-in excuse. Well, we signed him through 2027. This is the plan. <laughs> Cardinals still have a game left with the Broncos. They're going to have to work hard to tank that one. <laughs> Cole McCoy um, is not a terrible quarterback, but he's not—he's not a great. He's quarterback. not a
4: starting quarterback. No. he finish
3: the season at San
2: Francisco. That's good news for your guys. Uh, well, they already
3: have the uh, West. Uh, here we, now, listen here to him we now. go. Listen to him <laughs> he can't now. help himself. Seahawks. He is really feeling his oats now. 49ers Seahawks, Thursday night football this week. Big game for the NFC West. Why is that a big game? You've already wrapped up the division. No, apparently. I said by the time that they play the Cardinals, they will have ah, wrapped up the division. Okay. Uh, Matt okay. Jones. Okay, I, I hear a 49er fan <laughs> getting full of himself. <laughs> Matt Jones, over 227 and a half passing yards last night. He did, Two, 235. Barely. Barely. Kyler Murray under 36.5 rushing yards. That did happen, and the only reason it did happen is because he got hurt three plays into the game. So yeah. that was that. All right, we have some other bets, but first, the holiday market is back at Gallagher Square at Petco Park. Now open every day from 4 to 10 until December 23rd. Enjoy Christmas lighting displays, seasonal food and beverage, Santa, and other holiday characters. And new this year, guests can also expect to see live reindeer. Reindeer. Carnival games and a giant slide. Tickets are now on sale at padres.com slash holiday market. So, those a- reindeer real? Yes, they are, Chris. <laughs> Thank
2: you.
3: Uh, I saw Annie Halbrun post on Twitter a picture of her at the holiday market with her uh, nephew, I believe it was. And uh, Annie, I guess, made him wear matching shirts with her to the to the holiday market.
4: So, I I'm thought sure that was, he was pretty funny. Auntie Annie was. Yeah. Doing auntie things. Yeah, I love it. I love it.
3: Um, All right, first bet we're going to do. We've never done one of these before, but it's a head-to-head points money line in the NBA. So basically, whoever scores more points wins the bet. It would be between Jordan Clarkson and Zion Williamson. Zion is minus 550, so he's a heavy favorite. For good reason. Jordan Clarkson is plus 350. Would you guys see any way of uh, taking Jordan Clarkson? No. Okay. Chris? Chris? I would see a way of taking Jordan Clarkson, but it's the wrong way. They're at home. Yeah, um,
2: I, I wouldn't wager this, but you know, Clarkson can
4: Clarkson can go get it. night once in a while. I just don't think there's no so one. I, I, on. You
2: know, he's going to get his twenty-five right, right.
4: and so. that's that's really what you're asking yourself: Can Jordan get twenty-five or more? Yeah. I just think Zion's more likely to exceed 20. About that the
2: 25. Pelicans, they got the first uh, best record spot in the, the Western
3: yes, Conference. Yes, best record right now. in the
4: West. I don't hear many uh,
3: Zion is fat comments anymore. It's funny how that goes away. It's funny how it does. He was go like away. Eating, he
4: was eating everything in sight. when <laughs> He, was, he, was, he was, uh, was eating himself out of the right, NBA. I heard I saw that report. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's back to being springy and bouncy and dunking yeah.
2: on
3: everybody. Yeah, scoring a lot of points, yeah. getting a lot of rebounds. You know, it's funny and how that of that
2: is what you talked about, Tony, with the Cardinals in football. I mean, the Pelicans had Zion in the bank the last couple of years, but he wasn't playing, so they weren't winning any games, and so they got better draft They choices. sure did. They and got now a team really full of studs. they really loaded stucks. up a team. And, and that uh, trade uh, for C.J. McCollum was a stroke of genius they did last year because yeah. everybody thought they were completely out of it. And at the you know they just picked up a great player. You
4: no, know, they can say thank you to the Lakers too. They traded like three first round picks oh, over they there did. for Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis. That helped them build yeah. up. <laughs> it did. it so, sure did. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they have still one pick remaining, and it's it could be this seven foot six unicorn that is out there <laughs> in a guard f- playing being a guard basically. So yeah, thank the Lakers for that one as well.
1: <laughs> seven foot six
3: unicorn. Uh, all of these are just bets that were made that someone pulled off. The first one, someone bet $75 on Kevin Harris to score the first touchdown in the game last night. What did that
4: break him off with?
3: Uh plus 5,000, so he won $3,825 on that one. I mean, you're turnaround. you're basically Who's Kevin Harris? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's a rookie and he scored his first touchdown in the NFL last night. But someone put down 75 bucks on a rookie who's never scored a touchdown to score a touchdown. That's just luck right there. Uh, to money. be the first Seventy-five dollars is,
4: is a lot of money to be betting on, a, on like a Seriously. rookie quirky running back.
3: Seriously, to score the first touchdown of the game. That That's sounds ridiculous. like a gentleman
4: that is, uh, or a lady that is. uh got some. Finds finds, cash. finds herself in dim herself to this oh, in this position often, too. right? Uh, here's
3: another bet that happened, and this is the one not to do. It was Charger. It was a correct score. But that back. last one was one not to do. Right. Uh, this, this one, one this is one definitely one, is, one not. to No, do. this is one to do. No, the reason I'm saying it's not to do is because he, his name is Garrett, and they put along with his, uh, his message to FanDuel about this, he predicted the correct score of the Chargers and Dolphins, 23 to 17, that's plus 20,000. So Garrett said his reasoning, he put down $5 on this, uh, Garrett said his reasoning was lost every other bet today, hit this multiple drinks deep at my own baby shower, threw down in, in the middle of the afternoon games as a recovery bet, let it fly.
4: What I'm saying is the
3: recovery. Okay, the recovery part is, is bad.
4: where you you crossed the addiction. Line. But I'm willing to bet five dollars versus seventy five dollars on a at bet. At least you like totally, this.
2: at least you only risk five dollars. Yeah, yeah, I get five dollars. That is not one bad.
4: is is a lot more easy easy for me
2: to the swallow.
3: Process means that that five dollars is going to turn into ten dollars one day. It's going to turn into twenty dollars one day.
4: I'm just saying if, if you're asking me to bet seventy five on Kevin Harris or five dollars on a correct score. I'm probably going to take the $5 correct score one.
3: I mean, I tried to predict the correct score of the Padres for like 80 games. It was so difficult to do. Well, it's... I
2: guarantee you this guy could bet $5 for the rest of his life and never
3: do that again. Maybe. Maybe. Without a doubt. Now, this next bet is is a big one. It was a $5 wager on September 18th, Whoa. I believe.
4: Wait, could you read the, yes. the plus minus real quick? The four-leg
3: parlay is <laughs> 3431900 And this person bet all of these before the season started. So the first bet is Christian McCaffrey to win AP NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Could do that. Yep. Nick Bosa, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, could also do that. Justin Jefferson, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, could definitely do that. And Jalen Hurts to win the NFL Regular Season MVP Award, 2500 That could happen as well. Total payout, if all of this hits at the end of the year, $171,000 right there. Christian
4: McCaffrey's going to have to get on it. Because, t- I mean, t- is Tua available for this? Do you have to be injured?
3: Yeah, I would think Tua, Tua I don't think, had anything to come back from last year. Touche. Um, there, there might be some other guys that... The comeback player of the year is kind of fuzzy. Somebody's
4: usually hurt or has missed some time, Yeah, right, for whatever yeah. reason.
3: Uh, Nick Bosa, he is tied now with Matthew Judon for most sacks in the NFL. So Matthew Judon has a, has a say in the NFL defensive p- player of the year. I Justin, Justin Jefferson, I don't think there's anybody no. close right and now. And Jalen Hurts, let me just go to the next one. Jalen Hurts uh, is now leading the way in the NFL MVP odds. Minus one seventy five. He jumped Patrick Mahomes. This is
4: a five dollar bet that pays out hundred and seventy one thousand dollars. You better hope that Christian McCaffrey gets that's, that. That's gonna be the one I think that ends up messing him up in the end. Oh, yes. him or her, isn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, no, Justin no, no.
2: Jefferson offensive player of the year?
4: Yep. No.
2: Wait. Yes. Well he needs
3: that. You yeah, don't he think doesn't... he did it? Or you don't think that Justin Jefferson wins? Well, there's that? a lot of con- there's
2: a lot of competition there. That's not
1: Give us been some locked
4: more. up yet. Give us some more on that one, you think? That I'm just having a hard time thinking right
1: now. Um, well, me, yeah. Tyreek Hill nah, would that's be a in good the point. running, yeah, although he
3: slumped point. here in the
2: last couple of games. Any running backs doing really well this year? Mahomes is always an offensive player of the year candidate. I'm
3: trying to think.
2: I don't know. I, I look. I, I will say this: the guy has a shot yeah. at, at that. All paying off. That's still a lot to go,
3: though. Yes, still it a month is.
2: left. A lot's going to happen.
3: And that's it for our daily
4: gambit today, because we got to get to break. Okay. All right. Alex Pavlovic of NBC Sports Bay Area will join us next. We'll talk about the Giants, San Francisco Giants, some of the moves they made, and what perhaps they're still looking to do. More Gwyn and Chris on the way.
2: Welcome back to the program. 339 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn, Jr., little Gwyn and Chris for you. This hour on 97.3 The Fan brought to you by Gomez, trial attorney. Seriously injured? Get a real trial attorney. Get Gomez. Let's check a little traffic ahead of our visit with the NBC Sports Bay Area's Alex Pavlovich.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. (sighs)
6: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com.
2: And, of course, we always like to check in on all the teams in the National League West that are competing with the Padres. And to that end, uh, we're going to check in on the San Francisco Giants joining us in the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, Alex Pavlovich of uh, NBC Sports, Bay Area. How you doing today, Alex?
5: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: We're doing very well. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, Ross Stripling going to be a San Francisco Giant uh, within the last 24 hours. Sean Manaya going to be a San Francisco Giant. Uh, so is Giant Nation uh, going a little crazy with excitement right now, or this isn't quite what they were hoping for?
5: Um, I think it's a very tough offseason for Giant Nation because, like, in a vacuum, all these moves make a ton of sense and make the team better. But they were hoping for Aaron Judge, and now they're hoping for Carlos Correa. So, you know, I think if you put all these moves together with Carlos Correa, it's a very good offseason, but uh, until – he makes the decision. It's tough, I think, for Giants fans to get too excited.
4: Alex, it's, it's been—I I won't say disappointing off season the last couple because there is a, a hundred-plus win season mixed in there. But um, they have gone into the last two or three off seasons with a distinct plan to spend big money on a big free agent for whatever reason. It hasn't worked out yet. Now there's still time left in this um, this off season. But if it doesn't work, or if it isn't doesn't come to fruition, is does this become a, a, a an issue for management as you try to start fielding a team that can compete in the National League West?
5: I think it's an issue already. I mean, I, I think there's a perception issue. There's you know kind of a public relations, relations issue for them. Um, you know, all these ones when you look at them individually, like Aaron Judge during the season, they all felt like he was going to go back to New York. So. And I think you look back on it and you go, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And and Bryce Harper, I mean, they finished second. They were in on Soto and, and uh, wanted him as well. Like, there's, you can go on and on. Stanton, they had a trade for and, and he said he wanted to go to New York instead. And Otani, they were a finalist for. So, like, individually, they've been in on a lot of these guys and they've gone places for different reasons. It is just kind of starting to add up. And when, you know, the superstars who are here, have all basically moved on and, and, uh, really the last guy standing is Brandon Crawford. Like the fan base starts to look around and, and go, when are one of these guys going to decide that they want to be a giant? And it hasn't happened yet. And I, I don't think it helps that, you know, down the coast, Los Angeles and, and yeah. San Diego, they, they keep making big splashes. And, um, so that's why I think right now there's a lot of pressure on what happens with Correa because you look at it and go in the last, you know, what four months alone, I mean, the Padres got Soto and Bogart. So it, it is starting to get a little bit um, – the heat's turned up a little bit. But I will say for for the Giants, I mean, if, if they feel heat, they haven't really shown it.
2: Alex Pavlovich of the NBC Sports Bay Area is our guest. Talking a little San Francisco Giants baseball. And, uh, you know, Tony uh, touched on it. They won 107 games a couple of years ago. They won 81 last year. Is the feeling in San Francisco that this is a team as it stands right now that's probably somewhere in the middle of all that, maybe in the high 80s? I, you know, I still feel like the Giants are contenders in the NL West just based on what they did two years ago. Or is there something missing from that team that's not going to allow them to get back to that point?
5: Well, 107 was, I mean, it was just magic. It was, you know, every single thing went right for six months until until the first round of the postseason. So it's, you know, they even said that last year. I mean, they even said it in 2021. They're like, this is something that we've never seen before for this franchise and probably won't see again. So uh, for them, I I think the goal is is just to be in contention for a playoff spot. In this division, it's obviously really difficult, um, and it's difficult to win the division especially. So I think for them, if they were up closer to 90 wins and and were in the postseason, they'd, they'd feel pretty good about that. At the moment, where they stand right now, you know, Mitch Haniger is a nice addition, but he probably is pretty similar to Evan Longoria, yeah. just in terms of being a guy who crushes lefties, but hasn't played a whole lot. Um, Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling, they feel good about, but they're replacing Carlos Rodon, who at times I felt for stretches was the best pitcher in the National League. Oh, no. So I, I don't know that they're, today on, on December 13th, even with the additions they've made, I, I don't think... You know, Jock Peterson replaces Jock Peterson. So, I don't <laughs> think they're necessarily like better than they were even at 81 and 81. Now, if Correa comes in, and if they can boost the bullpen a little bit, and, and maybe if they can find a better solution in center field, then, yeah, you, you're probably pretty easily in that mix for a postseason spot. But they have some work to do.
4: Cool. That is a two-part question for you, Alex. Varhan, as far as I can remember has been very strategic about how he spends his dollars and usually, or I should say someone else's dollars, usually doesn't um, overpay. Are we in a situation now where that may need to be done given some of the pressures you're talking about? And secondly, if somebody like Carlos Correa comes on board, does that take them out there of the Rodon situation? Because we saw earlier today, despite the Ross Stripling, his word is, they're still in on Rodon. Can they still bring both of those guys in?
5: I personally believe that Rodon is is probably done here. Okay. Um, you know, that's kind of just where I, that's where I'm at in terms of all that. Uh, and that was even before they made these two additions. And, and you look at it right now; they have six starters. Their top prospect is a starter who's going to start the season in Triple A. They still have Jacob Junis on the roster who started quite a few games from them last year. So. Um, that's where i go in terms of him in, in terms of Korea, and, and to your point about what they offer they're very rational and they're very patient and it's paid off a lot the last few years i yeah. mean they, they you know they kind of clean up in February. they're always sitting there with with these you know one-year offers for guys who are just looking for a home and um they did very well after the lockout last year because they were they were ready for it and I, I think you know we'll see something similar this season the caveat is you know, attendance is the lowest it's ever been at Oracle Park in a non-pandemic season. Fan interest is, you know, the lowest it's been, I think, since I started covering this team, which was over a decade ago. Um, so there is a need to, to do something that, to make a splash. And I think there is a need to add some talent to keep up with, with the Dodgers and the Padres and to add some high-end talent. And that, again, it, it kind of everything right now circles back to Correa. And, you know, if, if it's them and the Twins, like there's a number of the Giants to go to, that would probably end this pretty yeah. quickly Yeah, and it's just something they haven't really done and it, I think it's again I'll come back to Bogart like it, I think it's been pretty clear to everybody now that the Padres just went to a number that was like not going to happen in Boston and it, it got that done and I, I think if the Giants want to end this and want to have Carlos Correa in a Giants uniform before Christmas they very easily could but it just hasn't really been their yeah. style to, yeah. to kind of go well above market value
2: are the Giants not only competing with the Dodgers and the Padres, but at the same time in the city of San Francisco, the success of the Warriors and uh, also the recent success of the 49ers, Alex?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you know, I don't know if you guys have been to Chase Center, but it's down the street. It's, you know, like four blocks from mm-hmm. Oracle Park. And one thing that's happened in the city is the pandemic hit San Francisco really hard, and it, it hit downtown San Francisco really hard. And, um, You know the the area where the ballpark is a lot of people used to work there and then walk up to games afterwards and and it was kind of a a nice place to be on a tuesday night after you you finish your work day most of those people are remote now and i think if you ask people who who live in san francisco if you ask people who work for the giants there's kind of an, an expectation that those people are going to be remote going forward um just in general and uh you know it's twitter's headquarters Right there, it's like they just cut a bunch of people. Facebook has laid off a lot of people. It's just not an easy time to be fighting for dollars in San Francisco and, and fighting for, um, you know, sponsorship money and things like that. And and uh, right now, they're fighting with one of the best teams in football and with a, a Warriors team that for, you know, six, seven years has been maybe the most popular thing in sports. So. Yeah. It is difficult to be fighting with them, and that is, that is, I think, a big reason why they were after Judge because that makes you relevant in this market. Um, so it's tough. Even coming off 107 wins, like they, they didn't really get an attendance boost, and, and that, I think, colors a lot of what they're doing this offseason.
2: Yeah, that's really amazing that they could win 107 games and the fans wouldn't show them a little more love than they did. Uh, last thing, Alex, let you roll, but – Gabe Kapler, manager of the Giants as you talked about it two years ago everything he did touched, uh, turned to gold uh, last year didn't have the same success what's his uh, What's his uh, comfort level right now heading into this season?
5: Well he got a new contract after he was manager of the year, so I mean he, he has two more years on that contract um, I, I, he is very tied to this front office he was Farhan Zaidi's hand pick choice, um, those two are very close, they work together in Los Angeles so you know, any big-picture conversations in terms of, of uh, comfort level for any of these guys, I think they're tied together. And if it is another 500 season, if it's another disappointing season, it's going to start to get um, a little hairy, I think, for a lot of people who work in the front office and people on the coaching staff, and including the manager. But at the moment, I, I mean, these guys are not... As much as I think Giants fans are, are in a weird place right now and are disappointed with a lot of what's going on, this is still a... A group that is, you know, what fourteen months removed from winning the National League West and winning 107 games and stunning the Dodgers, so um, they built up a lot of equity with, with ownership and, and uh, rightfully so during that season. So I, I think they they have the ability to go out this year and try to do what they want to do. But if it's 81 and 81 again, and you know the one you mentioned, the Dodgers and Padres, like I think the Diamondbacks are going to be really good. Yeah, so if, yeah. if you're looking at fourth place in this division, potentially, yeah, that starts to become a pretty a pretty big problem.
4: Well,
2: Alex, I can't say we're all really sorry to hear all of this from San Diego, but uh, we do wish the Giants well. And, yeah, you um, guys
5: are doing fine.
2: Yeah, we're we're just uh, we're sitting in the catbird seat right now, and it, it's been a long time since we've been here. So uh, we're going to enjoy that and uh, see what the Giants do. But uh, I know you guys will enjoy Sean Minai. is a terrific guy, and I think he's going to pitch better than he did a year ago here in San Diego. And uh, I don't know, the Giants always worry me a little bit because they have a way of putting together more wins than you think they're going to. Thanks for the time. Have a great holiday, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again. Thanks again, Alex.
5: All right, guys, happy holidays.
2: Yes, you too. There he goes, Alex Palovich, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. Join us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall find new roads you know the thing Tony to me with the Giants that they haven't replaced and I don't think that they can replace is uh, the loss of Buster Posey the retirement of Buster Posey I I just think he was such a key part of that entire giant franchise uh, not only in the middle of their lineup but handling the pitching staff now Joey Bart was a young guy that uh, came up last year and was kind of given the keys to that car. And he struggled so badly they had to send him down at midseason. He played a little bit better the last couple of months. But there's no way, there's any there's nobody out there. It's like saying you're going to place one day Steph Curry with the Warriors. It's not going to happen. And sometimes you just lose a generational guy like Buster Posey and he can't be replaced.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean Buster Posey is arguably a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to yeah. replace a guy like that. Because it wasn't like... Buster Posey was on his last leg when he retired. Like he was it's coming uh, off a pretty good year. Coming off a terrific season. That's different than somebody who was, you know, you know playing. You know, they're they're on the backside and they're at the bottom of the hill. That's that wasn't what they lost. And so you lose that type of production on a team that won 107 games. You're going to feel that impact the following year. Yeah. And aside from you know every move that Gabe made in 2021 hitting gold, as you said, um, you know, you lose a Hall of Famer, that's going to make it even more difficult the following year. And I yeah. think that's what the Giants were, were experiencing last year. Yeah,
2: well, that's too bad. It's just a real shame that the Giants aren't as good as they weren't were. It's okay with me. It's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers are hard enough to beat out. Don't need the Giants trying to win 100 games again this year. No. So. Uh, You know, we'll see. Uh, San Francisco is a. It's interesting. I I do find it a little interesting that you could win 107 games and not get a big bang, though, in terms of attendance boost the following year. I mean, that was they gave him a pretty remarkable year,
3: and And that that is surprising because Oracle. It's not called Oracle anymore, is it? I don't know. It yeah, is called Oracle. Park. Oh, it's Park. Oracle. Okay, Oracle Park. Uh, they, for a while there, during the mid the 2010 seasons through 2020, they were selling out all the time, and so it's kind of a weird switch from Giants fans because they were so hardcore there. Yeah, but
4: you know, fans are
3: not stupid. They no. they
4: they know what's up. They I I it's hard not. It was hard not to watch the 21 Giants and think, man, they 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 got it going this year. And also thinking the same way that can they can they make this last for years to come with the same you you just felt like that even if Buster Posey returned that a hundred and seven wins that type of team it just wasn't going to happen again.
2: Well he brought up an interesting point too about all the people that have been laid off in jobs 100%. down in that area I, I, I that saw, went to games. I mean that's a fact that you don't it, think about very I saw often.
4: it in my with my own eyes there. And and walking back from the stadium with the speed walkers otherwise known as Don Osillo or <laughs> Mark Grant and Jesse Agber. <laughs> I mean, you're you it, it's it's vacant. A lot of places down there. And so yeah, I mean it makes a ton of sense. Then up the streets, you got an actual party going on in an arena. You know, that's who you're competing against now.
2: Yeah. Well, 26 fewer losses last season than the year before. To put that in perspective, if they lose 26 fewer next year, Giants would only win 55 games. So that's how far off of the uh, 2021 pace they were last season. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, little Chris versus the fans, your chance to play some trivia and perhaps win a trip to Las Vegas.